everyone. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. My name is Florence Bremer, and I've lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, a wife, a movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall lover of pop culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer almost since the time that I've been in Arizona, since 1999. Throughout my practice, I've struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have the magic answer on how to balance life in law and life outside the law, but over the years, I have developed tips for living your best life and enjoying work and enjoying your time off. As a lawyer, it feels that I am never entirely off the clock. I never entirely step away from thinking about my cases and my clients. It does seep into my everyday life, but I do my best to enjoy work and to enjoy my time not working. Please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. My podcast also contains movie reviews, streaming suggestions, tips for great books, and travel and leisure tips. This week's podcast is going to discuss what to do when you have weeks where your days are 12-hour days. And this was definitely my week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday all ended up being 12-hour days for me. I had a multitude of meetings. I also had limited staff. I had staff on vacation and staff working half days. I actually had a day on Friday where I was by myself for the day. It did lead me to make mistakes and just felt like things were slipping through the cracks. I'll give a couple of examples. On Friday, I got to the office and my associate attorney, Tanya, was leaving for the day and I was running out for a minute so I wanted to make sure that I had my office keys. I didn't have them. I knew she was leaving so I couldn't afford to be locked out of the office. So I tell her, hang on. And I said, if I'm if I'm gone, leave the office open and leave your keys on the front counter and I'll be back in five minutes. I got to check if these keys are at home. At that point, I had already called my daughter, who was off of school that day, and I said, can you look around? And I told her to look in the usual spots. I said, look where I set my purse in case my purse spilled over. I said, look on the stairs, look on the island in the kitchen. I knew that I had gotten the mail the night before, so I knew I had my keys at home. And I run home, and and she called me. She said, Mom, I can't find them. So I come home. I'm all in a frantic mess. I tell my husband what's going on. And he says, did you leave your keys in the mailbox? And I'm thinking, oh yeah, I left my keys in the mailbox. Sure I did. That was over 12 hours ago. Um, How could I not notice that I didn't have my keys for that long? How crazy. But I went and checked, you know, just to get that out of the way. There they were just hanging from the lock with the door of the mailbox open. Could not believe it. 
Um, so that was just one of the ways that I just ended up being very absent-minded, especially at the end of the week. Um, on Saturday, <laughs> I had so much to do. I had a day where I had been so busy at work, I had a bunch of stuff to catch up on. Um, you know, things you need to do like getting groceries. And I also had an event um, that I was doing with my older daughter. So I had that to do. And um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on a pot of chili really quick. We can eat it throughout the weekend. So I put it on, I heat it up and meant to turn it off before I left, walked out the door. And when I was with my older daughters, one of them mentioned chili, mentioned the word chili. And I said, shoot. So I called home, they turned it off, but then it was burnt. And so just another instance of what can happen in your mind when you just are overloaded. And then the third thing is um, something very minor, but something that kind of cracked me up. So I have a church group on Wednesday nights, and it, it just started meeting up in the last couple of weeks. And the people who host it are the most wonderful people. And they always serve dessert at the end of the church group. So I thought, I'm going to make sure I get dessert. And I was out in Mesa, so I was passing through Scottsdale. And they have the shop called Nothing Bunt Cakes, B-U-N-D-T. And I thought, I'm going to get a box of the mini bunt cakes. It's a favorite for everyone. Get an assortment. They're delicious. And then I thought, well, I'm going to pick up two of the kind of single serving bunt cakes, not really single serving. I mean, you can share it with a, you know, another person or three people, kind of like if you've got a size dessert, like a cake at a restaurant, that's about the size it would be. Um, probably not something you eat in one serving. It's pretty big. So I thought I'd bring two of those home. My husband and my daughter enjoy them. I enjoy them. They're so good. They're so moist. And I knew I had a coupon. And it was buy one, get one free. And so this is October 3rd. I look at the coupon and I think, oh, shoot, it's expired. And I deleted it. And then when I got home, you know, th these things really aren't that much. They're three bucks, whatever. And I get home and I'm like, that coupon wasn't expired. I, I do not know what date it is. Like my mind is jumping ahead next week. In my mind, I thought it was October 10th, even though been staring at my calendar all day. It's October 3rd. I have had a trial that's scheduled for October 3rd. And my coupon was from October 1st to the 6th. I looked at it and deleted it thinking it was the 10th. So that's just the things that can happen when your mind is overloaded. So besides for the crazy things that I was doing where I just was not getting my act together, I was very systematic about these 12-hour days. And it worked out pretty well. You know, like I said, not great. When you're so overworked like this, you you, you can feel like you're making mistakes. Um, and luckily, everything, the, the mistakes that I made were easily curable. But it did show how distracted I was. So here's what I did on a daily basis to get through the week. And before I start talking, I'm going to say that this podcast is probably going to be a little bit shorter than most of my other podcasts. I think I usually do closer to 45 minutes. I don't know if I'll be 30 minutes today. And that was one of the things that I'm just kind of cutting back on this week. Um, I had to just cut down on 
my regular schedule, things I like to do. I had a pile of magazines, so rather than reading the stories, I kind of flipped through them because it was bugging me that they were piling up. Um, some evenings I would flip through them and just read the articles that were very pertinent to me or very interesting to me. So I just had to cut through everything and, um, you know, look at my schedule and, and, and cut through it. I have a standing meeting on Wednesday. I left that early. That one, I just really couldn't help. It's not like, hey, this is a voluntary choice. I had to get a, in court, which it was pretty far away, about 60 miles away, and it was raining. So I had to make sure I had enough time. But that's the kind of things that I was doing throughout the week. If it needed to be cut, it was cut. If I could just flip through something, uh, I was flipping through it. If I could delegate it, I was delegating it. My assistant was gone most of the week. If I could just leave it for her, and I know she'll take care of it this week, this upcoming week, I was leaving it for her. I really had to be systematic with that. I could not do everything. So what I was really doing was I would focus on my two to three most urgent items each day. So obviously, if I'm in court, that's one. If I have a court hearing coming up in a few days, or if I have a court hearing coming up in a few weeks, and I have to get exhibits in, that's going to be another one. Um, if there's phone calls that are urgent, that's what I need to do. If I have a motion that needs to be drafted for something that's coming up in the next few weeks, I had to do that. Like for instance, I have a sentencing hearing coming up and it's coming up pretty quickly. I needed a motion for it. That needed to go. So that's really what I was doing. I'm thinking, what are the things that have to be done? Everything else I'm kind of pushing to the side and keeping a laundry list of things that I need to do. I was really shutting down my emails. Um, you know, most of the time, if I don't have a week like this where it's constant court, I'm checking my emails throughout the day. I'm staying on top of it. But things were so hectic that I had to shut it down. Uh, so I would just completely close my email so it wouldn't be there to distract me. I wasn't completely delinquent in it. I would leave my emails to the end of the day in the evening. And I know I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but doing emails at night, um, sometimes first thing in the morning, just kind of clearing them up first thing in the morning uh, is the best time to do it because there's nothing else going on. Um, I can usually do emails and maybe have a show on in the background. Um, I have been, <laughs> like for instance, Walking Dead is kind of a great one to do this to. Because there's a lot of things in Walking Dead where there's a lot of not much going on. They're kind of walking from place to place. They're, they're talking. Um, so you don't need to be just constantly staring at it. And it's not a show where you have to pay attention to every single detail. Uh, so I'll have these on and I'll, you know, these types of shows and I'll watch emails. Comedies are good ones because it's light. I noticed that because I was not on my emails as I usually am, things seemed to be happening without me. Lots of people were wondering where I was. I was getting emails where people were saying, hey, I 
email due in the morning and it's, you know, three hours later, I haven't heard from you, what's going on, that sort of thing. Or attorneys wanting to schedule things or the courts wanting to schedule things. So it's hard to shut it down. Um, and, and, you know, I wish I could say I shut it down. And then at the end of the week, I was able to t- take a look at it. I can't, obviously, so many things as an attorney get scheduled by email, we get all our minute entries by email. Um, so there's no way to just completely shut it down. But I couldn't be on it, you know, consistently. I think most, for the most part, people were understanding, but it is hard. I noticed sometimes I was getting scheduled overlapping meetings. Like a big thing was, you know, someone would say, hey, can you meet such and such day? You know, can you meet Thursday? And I would say, oh, sure, I can. I'll meet you Thursday at two. And then I would get another email. Someone would kind of say the same thing. If I'm on top of it enough when that happens, if it's just the the one time slot, I'll try not to double book. But the problem is if you tentatively ask someone if they can do that time, then it's not a spot on your calendar. Although I'll, I'll give this as a tip. If I've tentatively put it out there as a time, sometimes what I'll do is block it off in my calendar. But the confusion can be if you give multiple times to someone. So if someone says, I want to talk to you about my will next week, and you go, great, I have Wednesday, 12 to 5. I have Thursday at 9. I have Thursday at 2 p.m. Do any of those times work? And they come back and they say, Thursday at nine works. And then without a doubt, you've done the same email to someone else and they go Thursday at nine works. And you're like, okay, great. I'm double booked. So that can be another problem. You start to have overlapping meetings. With phone calls, um, phone calls are a little harder because you can't do them super early in the morning and you can't do them super late at night. I've actually sort of tried this. Weekends don't work for phone calls either, which is kind of surprising because originally I thought people are home hanging out. It's fine. They can get a phone call. For that very reason, it is not the best time to do a phone call. So sort of my tips on when the best times to call are, um, no earlier than nine. Anytime between eight and nine I just feel like I'm catching people in a weird situation. It might be fine if you're calling someone at the office, but even then, it seems like someone's just getting in, they're just getting coffee, they're kind of scrolling through their emails, they just don't seem ready. That's why I feel anything after nine is more appropriate. Obviously, obviously if someone calls you and they called you at 8.02 a.m., and you get in at 8.15, you can probably call them because they just called you. But if you're doing your messages from the evening before that were left on your voicemail, doing them early doesn't work. Uh, There's such a thing as too late also in the afternoon. So I notice I get a lot of calls between 3 and 5. That's really hard for me as... um, as an attorney, because at that point, most of the time, I'm kind of wrapping up my day. Um, I've already been working, you know, 
that point, seven, eight hours. And so to get a brand new call from somebody, like a a call where someone wants to talk about a new legal matter, I'm kind of burnt out. But I have learned to just try to be more available for that because it seems that a lot of people get off of work at those times and then they're taking care of their personal business where they're calling you in the afternoon. Or even if you have an opposing counsel, the opposing counsel might be in court all day. They're getting back to things they need to take care of and so they're calling you more towards what could be considered at the end of the day. But there is something as too late I think it is about 6 p.m. Sometimes I'll go 6.15 or 6.20. I know that sounds so weird, um, like so specific. But when you start to get to at 6.30 or 7, people are having dinner. People are getting their kids ready for bed. People are helping kids with homework, doing dishes, doing laundry. So to get a phone call just doesn't work. Um, a lot of practitioners are, of course, they're gone for the day. You know, people have families, people have personal lives. So to try to call later isn't great. And I don't want to, it's not like I have this um, burning desire to call people in the evening and harass them. But just sometimes there's so many phone messages that you're, you're just trying to find spots to call people. But like I said, there's something is too, too early, too late, and a weekend forget it. So I do try to keep up on my calls as much as possible. And I just try to get like little bulks of time where I'm just dialing. If you've ever seen, I watched the movie Wolf of Wall Street um, with Leonardo DiCaprio just last night. So this is kind of fresh in my mind. But in that movie, when he starts off as a broker, and then later, when he has his own brokerage. It's a movie where he's a stockbroker um, and then ends up doing kind of bad things financially. But their big thing is they solicit people over the phone. So they're always dialing, always dialing. And I feel like days where I have that, obviously I'm not soliciting people, but I'm calling people back and I'm trying to just get as many phone calls in as I can get in a period of time. Um, I set a timer for it. I know I've talked about it where I'm big on timers, where I'll look and I'll say, all right, I have an hour before I need to go to court. I'm going to set a a timer for 30 minutes and burn through as many phone calls as I can. It's always a little frustrating when you start on that and you get through one phone call and you're like, darn, okay, I have 15 more. I will have to take care of it later. But I just tried to, this week with the way things were, I tried to find those nooks where I would just dial. Um, I am not a fan of multitasking. Like I, I know I have said this in other podcasts where I used to think I was an amazing multitasker. And then I realized that I was not amazing at doing two things at once. But one thing that I will do sometimes is as I'm dialing, I try to sort the mail a little bit. Because that's something that you can kind of, you know, you don't really need to read it, you can open it, you can kind of put it in a pile, or maybe stick it in a file, or write a quick post it on it, and and get it off your desk. That's sort of my one exception. Um, Another exception is emails, but not really. I used to sort of try to do both. And, and 
I almost want to pinch myself when I find myself doing this because sometimes you're on the phone and you just feel your email is calling you. Just one email after another blinking, blinking up. I try to avoid really reading them, but what I might do is sort them a little bit as I'm dialing because sometimes you're on hold, you know, maybe for a minute or two while you're waiting for an attorney to come on or, um, you know, you just have like a minute or two in there. So I might go through and just kind of clear out the inbox by deleting or if it's a one word answer, if it's yes, or I can do that. Um, Or if it's a call me email, I'll say I'm returning calls and I will get to you as soon as I can. Like if it's something that you can answer in like five or six words, then maybe. But otherwise, if you get a an attachment and it's a big long letter from an attorney or you get an email from your client that has a bunch of information, you can't do both. There's no way, 100% no way. Um, obviously, because I was working 12-hour days, I had to bring work home. So I would figure out what was the most doable at home. A lot of it was, um, you know, reviewing stuff that the staff had written. That's a good one. Uh, Maybe some mail that's a little lengthy. That's a good one. Emails as well. Uh, Writing a letter, a demand letter can be a good one. These are the types of things I could do at home. Oh, uh, a big one for me is trial preparation. So if it's been a week where the days are really busy and I have a trial the next day, obviously this is not I mean, all my exhibits are in, my pre-trials in, so I'm not inventing the wheel, but I'm sort of just cleaning up the file, reviewing everything, just making it at the front of my mind. Um, and, and at night, that's a good time to do it. I've even been known to trial prep in the tub um, because that's something where you're just dealing with maybe reading some motions and, and reading some transcripts and it's you can kind of soak in the tub and do it. Obviously, keep your hands dry um, and have lots of towels nearby. I had an idea about the 12-hour days. I have not put it into effect, but I wanted to throw it out there and maybe it will help someone else and I have to decide if I'm going to start doing this. I actually used to do this. Years ago, I used to have my husband drive me everywhere or have my brother drive me everywhere. And when they did, I would set up shop in the back seat and return calls and um, review documents, that sort of thing. Work on a laptop a little bit. Uh, here's sort of the thing about it. It doesn't work great. First of all, if you're with a family member, it's so easy to start chatting with them. Um, and then also they're bored, so they might be listening to music, which is a distraction to you. They're just not, you know, they're not there to just drive you around. They're people with, who just don't want to be in a car all day. So obviously they're listening to music. Maybe they're on their cell phone taking care of what they need to. So it doesn't work great. I mean, I always wished (laughs) I would have been able to afford, um, like an RV where I could sit in the back at like the kitchen table and have someone up front driving me. I I am not joking. I had really considered that for a while. But there was, um, you know, a time where I cut back from 
juvenile work. So that took me out of court more. And also a lot of courts started doing telephonic hearings on a lot of the status stuff. So you didn't have to drive. If you had a 15 minute hearing, there's a big chance you could do it telephonically. And that has been really, really helpful. Another thought I had was, well, what if I started Ubering places? I have a friend who's an attorney who actually does this. He Ubers. He lives a lot closer to the courts than I do. So I think this makes it more affordable and maybe a little bit more practical. And I've done it where I had to drop my car off for an oil change. And then I would Uber from the dealership to the court. And then that wasn't really that expensive. I enjoy Uber and Lyft as a product so much. They have made my traveling so much easier. I used to try to find, I've never been someone who rented cars, so I would take taxis. At times, I've hired town cars, things to get around. And it's not, it's not an affordable way to do it. But when Uber and Lyft came around, it all became very affordable and very easy, and especially when you can order it from your phone. So I've thought, well, you know, can I do this? Here's the thing about Uber and Lyft drivers. God bless them. Most of them are very chatty. So sometimes you just can't get done what you need to do. Like if you're reading a document, they don't, they don't really know what you're doing. You know, you're in the back and um, and they're talking, they're chatting, and, and they're very pleasant. And you're like, shoot, I can't get anything done. So it's not that it, it, it hasn't really saved me any time or allowed me to get some work done. Um, one time I, I did have an Uber where I was taking it from the dealership to court. And I said to the Uber driver, I have a business call to make. Do you mind? And then two, you know, you're not going to be able to talk about attorney client privilege things. So it's more like, scheduling or returning a call to an opposing counsel, maybe that sort of thing. And I don't know about most people, but for, for me, most of the time, working on a cell phone just isn't optimal. Most of the time, cell phones are great, but sometimes you just have the cutting out and it's just so much easier to work at your desk and have your computer in front of you in case you need to reference an email or reference a document, all that sort of good stuff. Um, the other thing about my car rides is it gives me some time to think when I'm alone. When you're alone, you can really think. And I have a notepad in my purse and at stoplights, I'll jot myself a note or at stoplights, I will text myself a memo because when you're driving, at least for me, things will pop into my head. Like, oh, this is a great idea for this. Or I should follow up with so-and-so just to see how they're doing. Things like that. Uh, and I think if I had someone driving me, unless I had the luxury of being in a limo and have the partition up, it's not going to happen. So stay tuned on this one. This was just something that I was thinking about because I did spend, I can sort of judge it from how many podcasts I can get through. But I would say I had to be in the car probably 15 hours this week. I had a lot of driving. I think I had some place to go Monday through Friday pretty much. And then I had 
some personal stuff on Saturday that kept me on the car in the car. So it was a lot of driving. Another tip I have for these 12 hour days is make sure you have food, make sure you have drinks, and make sure you drink a lot of water. The day that I had to go to Mesa, and I know some, t- some of my listeners don't live in Arizona, but I am in Anthem, which is about 60 miles away from Mesa. If there's no traffic, I can get there in about 40 minutes. I'm a little heavy-footed, I will admit, um, and I'll go a little bit over the speed limit, but I'm not like chronic about it. Um, but when there's traffic, it can be an hour and a half. And when it's rainy, we actually, Arizona had a hurricane, Hurricane Rosa. I was sort of glad this is going to be a little selfish. I was so glad that they didn't continue Hurricane Florence here because, um, I'm an attorney and then there was a hurricane named after me. It just was a little bit too much. Um, but I think things have calmed down on the East Coast for the people for Florence. So I hope they're all doing well. I know it's very destructive and um, I'm glad to hear things have calmed down for them. But in Arizona, and, and, and it feels selfish and petty to complain about our little hurricane here, but we don't have this in Arizona. We had hurricane-like weather and it was uh, called Rosa. And it rained and rained and rained. We had so much rain even last night and thunderstorms. We we have something called monsoons. And it happens uh, late June to about mid-September-ish. And this monsoon was pretty light. It was medium, I would say. We You know, sometimes the monsoons vary from very little activity to just tons of activity. I would call this one a medium monsoon. And we had more rain with the Tropic Storm Rosa or Hurricane Rosa in Arizona than we had in the whole monsoon. Just crazy amount of rain. Uh, So that just makes it bad for travel is my point. So I tried to keep my car um, stocked. Had bottles of water, had a cup of coffee with me. Um, used drive throughs occasionally, not my favorite, but it's good if you just maybe need like a soda or a cup of coffee or something. I put um, almond butter bars in my bag. Um, peanut butter and jelly is a favorite for me for just something to kind of get in my stomach. And I try to take vitamins during this time too, when I'm just really busy like this. Um, the other most, I don't know if this is the most important. I feel all this is equally important, but something that's very, very important is rest. I shut it down at night when it was between eight and 10 and it varied every day. I can't say that one day, uh, you know, that every day of the week I went to bed at eight. No, it wasn't like that at all. Um, I'll also mention something that's so embarrassing. On Saturday night, my husband and I laid down in bed at 7.30 p.m. After we both 
had so much going on. He's been doing all this work around the house. And we had all sorts of big news. Um, we just said, that's it. That's it. We're going to bed. Our our daughter had had, our youngest daughter had a birthday party and um, that she went to for her friends. And they played indoor volleyball. She fell asleep by 7.15. And I looked at him and I said, do you just want to lay down and watch a movie? And we both fell asleep during it. And it just showed how tired we were from the week. So rest, rest, go to sleep at night, Um, do what you have to do. And if you have to set your alarm and get up a little bit early to finish it, do that, but get your sleep. If I would not have been getting sleep, I could not have handled handled it. I physically feel it when I don't get enough sleep. Um, the glands in my throat swell up. I was, I was thinking I'm getting mono, like I've never had mono, but that is something that I will feel come on where my glands will swell up and maybe my ears will get sore and I'll just feel run down. Um, and if I sleep most of the time I snap out of it. Uh, but if I'm not getting sleep, I start to feel that more run down feeling again. I also schedule everything. This will be my last tip. I schedule my week and every day I had a printout of the day and then I would also write things in, even if it was something silly, um, to make sure that I was just saying scheduled. And by silly, I don't mean not important, but maybe something that you wouldn't necessarily write down. Like if I had a phone call to make, maybe I would kind of write that in the margin a little bit of my schedule. Um, I, you know, something like when you get out of court, do this. And just a one-page schedule. And I brought a one-page schedule with me every day this week that went from basically 7 a.m., to 8 p.m. because that's about how much I was scheduled. I was very, very scheduled this week and just had that um, had that with me at all times. And it really helped. And I always printed it out the night before and thought about the, you know, the main things, the main things on the schedule and then supplemented with, you got to call this person. You have to answer this email, that sort of thing. I had, I, I know I've talked about it before, being scheduled for the weekend. And I did that, and I, I did it just like I did before, and really thought, without this, I think I would be a mess. So I have my weekend to-dos and my weekend schedule. I was so busy on Saturday, which also explains probably why I went to bed at 7.30. But my day started at 6.30, I walked about five miles. The weather, the great thing about this rain is that the weather is so amazing. It knocked the last of the summer heat out of the atmosphere. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's very scientific, but it's just the way I felt it happen. And usually, it seems to me like this rain usually happens in November, and we get that last of the heat knocked out. Um, I would be surprised if we went over 100 degrees for the rest of the year. And usually in October, we'll probably, we have 100 degree days. 
Um, but this week, it's all in the 70s. Like, I feel so spoiled. So when it gets like this for my weekend walks, I really feel like walking. It just feels great. So I scheduled a walk, 6.30 to about 8.30. And then I went with my daughters to this, uh, it was called a shopping extravaganza. It was for charity. And it had a luncheon and drawings. And we were there for hours doing that. I went to church. I had to take my daughter to her friend's birthday party. My husband picked her up. I had to pick up groceries. I had to do a library run. My car needed to be washed. Just that hundred million things that you don't have time to take care of when the week is like that. And then just started making a list for next week of all the things like, hey, I need to call this person back, that sort of thing. Around Tuesday or Wednesday of this last week, I made this proclamation to my husband. I said, Sunday, I'm not going anywhere. And that ended up not being true. Like I felt refreshed enough. I think going to bed early was really the thing that helped. It stormed on Saturday night between Saturday and Sunday. And I was in such a deep sleep. It did wake me up. But when then I fell back asleep and when I woke up the next morning, I couldn't remember if it was a dream or not that there was this giant thunderstorm. Big thunderstorms in Arizona are very rare. So I just wasn't sure. But I talked to my sister-in-law and she said, you're not crazy. My husband didn't wake up. He didn't know. And I got up in the morning and I made a tofu scramble and toast um, and cut open an avocado. And my husband and I had breakfast and coffee together. And it was like luxurious just felt amazing. I didn't set an alarm on Sunday morning. I said my body's going to sleep till it's done. And I always say this and I think you're rolling out of bed at 10:30. No, I was up at 7, you know. Um but that feels very luxurious to me when you don't have to set an alarm. And that's what I try to do on Sunday. So I did have the proclamation of I'm not going anywhere. But then the weather was beautiful. So I wanted to take a walk. So I took another walk. During the nice months, a lot of times I will take a mini walk on Sundays, just because it feels to be good to be out walking around. So I walked to my brother's house, he lives very nearby, sat and talked to him for a little bit, and then walked to Starbucks, and had coffee with my sister in law and my daughter, who were just at my house, by the way. <laughs> But they biked to Starbucks and I walked there and then we met there and ended up talking for about an hour like crazy. My sister-in-law, who I know I've mentioned is also my legal assistant, we hadn't seen each other in a few days and it felt like we had all this stuff to catch up on. So it was kind of crazy. We talked for a while. And then we were, you know, because we were having such a good time, we thought, well, what should we do for the rest of the day? And I was all weekend I was dying to see the movie Hellfest and it was a movie where the trailer was so fun and I had been at Halloween Horror Nights a couple of weeks ago and the trailer looks kind of like Halloween Horror Nights it's you know someone who goes to this thing that's called Hellfest and then there's someone who's really killing somebody so it just sounded like a really cool concept and the trailer looked cool and I could not wait to see this movie 
so we we went to even though I had made the proclamation, I'm not going anywhere. We went and had a uh, a nice light dinner at this place called Sauce, and I'll give a a restaurant tip. In Arizona, you can get Sauce gift cards at Costco for 70% off. You can get No, I think I lied. No, I totally lied. It's not 70% off. It's 20% off. And so you can buy $100 of gift cards for $80. And their prices are reasonable. You can get a personal pizza for, I don't know, 10 bucks, 14 bucks. And they have good flavors. So my sister-in-law and I split one of the pizzas in a salad. We had this arugula salad with beets and quinoa and goat cheese and a great vinaigrette. And then we split a pizza that was spinach and potato, um, truffle oil. It was just yummy, like so yummy and kind of light. And so then we, it, that sauce is right by the movies. So we went and saw Hellfest. We were almost the only people in the movies. We walked in. It was just the three of us. We brought my younger daughter and um, two teenage girls ran in giggling. So I think they snuck in. <laughs> And so they ran to the top and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. There's just five people in this theater. And then um, two more people came in, you know, I don't know if it was a husband and wife or a boyfriend and girlfriend or, you know what, I don't even know. Could have been a brother and sister for all I know. I don't know, you know, what they were. Um, They could have been friends. I have no idea. But it was a a man and a woman and they sat behind us and... (laughs) I don't know about people, how they feel about personal space. I think I have a problem with it, frankly. Um, they sat right behind us in the movie in a theater that had no one in it except for the two little teenagers up in the top row and then us in the first row. They sat in the second row directly behind us. And I just thought, how weird. I mean, even if you wanted to sit one row and leave a little gap, Um, you know, why write behind people in a completely empty theater? Um, everyone's probably like, you need to chill. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) I think I just have a problem on personal space. Anyways, I was so excited about this movie. Don't go see it. It was terrible. The whole way home, we, as we were driving, we were thinking about it and talking about it because there were all these I don't know how to explain it. All these avenues of the story that it seemed like it was going somewhere. So there was this main character girl. Um, she sort of was a final girl. There was another girl, her friend, who was a survivor too. I'm not spoiling anything, I don't think. I guess if if you really don't if you really want to see this movie and don't want spoiler alerts, probably just stop listening. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But my recommendation is don't see it or wait till it comes out on DVD um, or starts um, streaming on Netflix or something. It was worse than one of those Netflix horror movies. It just was not good. And so the main character of the movie, this girl, there's all these things that are being said at her, about her, coming out of her mouth that you think mean something. Where she says, I know everyone hasn't seen me in a long time, and I'm so sorry about that. I promise things will change. That sounds like this is going to be something important. Where has she been? Nope. 
doesn't mean a thing. Um, the guy who is killing everybody, and this you can see in the trailer, it's a guy who's killing everybody. Uh, it seems like he's going to have some sort of story for why he's doing what he's doing throughout the whole movie. Guess what? No, he doesn't. Nothing means anything. <laughs> it, it it just really was maybe a couple good uh, slasher scenes. You know, it was, in a way, it reminded me of like a wannabe Halloween. But even with Halloween, like if you go back to the original Halloween, there was a story. Michael Myers was a child psychopath and he killed his sister and then he was in an institution and then he escaped on Halloween because Halloween was a big deal for him as a psychopath. That's a story. This had no story. It had all these uh, little snippets of where it seemed like it was going to be something and it was nothing. We even looked it up <laughs> on the way home to try to see like, are we missing something? Like, are we, is this like so complex and great that we just don't understand it? No, everyone was saying the same thing. So darn, I'm still looking for that good horror movie. Keeping my fingers crossed for the new Halloween. Very excited about it. Think I'm going to be going with a big group for it. Just have a little piece of big news that I want to share. It's personal news. I know generally I don't talk about personal stuff too much. Um, you know, I know people know I'm a mom and and a wife and have been married a long time and I talk about my friends and all of that. But I have some new news. To add to my list of what I am, I'm gonna be a grandma. My middle daughter Lillian let me know that she's expecting with her boyfriend, and I'm so excited. I always wanted to be on the younger side of being a grandma. My mother was for me, and my grandmother was um, not really for my mom so much, but for her oldest daughter. My grandma was actually a grandmother when she was 38, I think. I'm a lot older than that. Um, but my grandma had her first child, I think when she was 17, and then her her oldest daughter had a child when she was 18 or 19, so she was like 38 or 37. It was crazy, crazy young. So I was hoping that I'd have the energy for a little kid. So I'm looking forward to it. It's very early in the beginning of it. So everyone say a prayer for Lillian and, um, and her boyfriend that everything goes well. All right. So I want to give out my contact information again. You can check out my website at www.brummerlaw.com. That's B-R-U-E-M-M-E-R-L-A-W.com. My email is Florence at Brummerlaw.com. Instagram is Florence Legally Brunette. It is the same for um, Tumblr as well. And my Twitter is Florence Law. And you can also find me on Facebook under my name. Thank you again for listening. I completely lied <laughs> and I didn't mean to. I said this would be a short podcast. And it was almost an hour. This might be one of my longer podcasts. I apologize. Have a great week. 
And I'll be back next week with some um, new tips on from running your business and finding grace in the practice of law. Thank you very much. God bless.